It sounds like the New Orleans Saints will be without at least two big names against the Atlanta Falcons. Can they win anyway? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Saints all you everydayers out there, your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, you can become a Locked on Saints insider by simply texting HUDAT to 504-285-7473 to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson NOLA on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, Saints News Network, Tuesdays in the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Game, download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're going to start to take a look at the Atlanta Falcons as it is Falcons hate week here at Locked on Saints and across the New Orleans Saints fan base. We're going to get to know the Falcons a little bit. We're going to take a look at the bye week adjustments that Dennis Allen described. Will they be underwhelming or will they show up and uh, end up being the difference for this New Orleans Saints team down the stretch? But to get it all started today, I want to take a look at whether or not the New Orleans Saints team can win without two big stars on Sunday if they are indeed unavailable. The way that we expect this to go is that the Saints sound like they will be without wide receiver Michael Thomas and cornerback Marshawn Lattimore going into this game against the Atlanta Falcons. And the way that I'll say it is this. If the New Orleans Saints young stars rise to the occasion, the Saints can win without them both on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Michael Thomas ended up playing just two plays against the Minnesota Vikings before he took an, uh, a helmet to the knee and then ended up being out for the rest of the game, spent a long time in the injury tent, came out onto the sideline, stayed out on the sideline throughout the rest of the game, but doesn't look like things are going to go quickly for Michael Thomas's recovery. This is a freak situation. This is not an injury prone, oh, the ankle still weak kind of thing. Homeboy just simply took a helmet to the knee, and that happens in the game of football, particularly in the NFL. And um, I think that the way that Dennis Allen described his injury, as well as Marshawn Lattimore's ankle injury, which caused him to be carted off against the Minnesota Vikings uh, as two injuries that will, quote, take some time. Uh, so I don't know how many games they miss. That to me sounds like they'll miss multiple games, as in more than one. Uh, will they miss two? Will they miss three? Will they miss five? We just don't know at this time. But what we know for sure is that the Saints have the young talent at both of these positions to be able to overcome these injuries. Saints have had to do this before. They had to navigate not having Marshawn Lattimore for uh, a grip of games, right? In the middle of the 2022 season, they did so by putting Alante Taylor on the outside and he performed incredibly well. They also had injuries with Paulson Adebo that they had to deal with throughout the year last year. 
in the meanwhile, while uh, Marshawn Mar- uh, Lattimore was out for a little while. So like they, they've navigated this before. Michael Thomas has played 10 games up until this year. This year, he played 10 games, which is the amount of games that he played the previous three seasons combined. And so the Saints have had to do this before. They've had to find ways to win without these two guys on the field. Not always their fault. Remember, Marshawn Lattimore had a punctured care, a lacerated kidney or whatever it was when he, you know, tried to make a diving stop in the end zone against the Seattle Seahawks. So this isn't a, you know, oh, we got to be worried about these players being injury prone kind of thing. This is just that like, look, Saints have had to navigate this before and they've shown that they can do it. They put up a top three passing defense last year without ever getting their starting five secondary out on the field for a single snap last year. And a large part of the reason why was because of how long they had to go without Marshawn Lattimore last season. Chris Olave had an explosive rookie year. Um, Rashid Shahid, once he got going, had an explosive rookie year. And a lot of that happened because guys like Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry were out with injury through the majority of last season. So they have the young talent to do it. How do you overcome it with Michael Thomas? Well, you lean more on Chris Olave and you put him in a featured role again. And maybe that's something that ends up working for Chris Olave. It worked for him last year. Maybe that's something that ends up working for he and Derek Carr this season, where Derek Carr kind of has to treat Chris Olave like a safety blanket. Chris Olave gets all of that, that, that volume of targets and then ends up, you know, that ends up creating some productivity for him. Now he's the most targeted player for the Saints already this year, but maybe there's something about stepping into that larger role that puts him in a place to where he shows up big time. That's something you'd love to see from him, something you'd love to see for the New Orleans Saints. You also have A.T. Perry. A.T. Perry saw not only his first target and first catch last week against the Minnesota Vikings, but his first career touchdown as well. Four catch, or excuse me, four targets, two catches, just over 30 yards and a touchdown in that game. And a touchdown in a clutch situation as well, where you had to go up one-on-one in a contested catch situation and come down with it. Can he be that threat over the middle of the field, that that red zone threat, the big bodied guy that you see that Michael Thomas has been uh, throughout his entire career. Now, he doesn't have to be 149 catch Michael Thomas. That would just be absurd to ask for. But can he go out there and produce? Can he make some tough catches over the middle of the field? Can he convert some third downs? Can he just be bigger than the guy in front of him that lines up across from him? That's something that you can look at A.T. Perry now and say, okay, here's an opportunity for him to do that. And then Rashid Jaheed continues to be the explosive player. But I sure do hope that in the second, sort of this post-bye week version of the New Orleans Saints, that they get back to using Rashid Jaheed in some more creative ways. The jet sweeps, the, the screens, the, um, the, the reverses. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out on reverses, if I'm being honest, in today's football, today's day and age. But screens, uh, utilizing him in jet sweeps, things like that. I, I'll be interested to see if maybe there's a more creative approach to how the Saints utilize him and get the ball to him in space. Uh, here after the bye week. And then also this means that you get to rely a little bit more on Alvin Kamara as well. You get to funnel some more of those targets over to him, get him to be a little bit more of the game plan, which I think the Saints desperately need to do through the last seven games. And then of course, utilizing Taysom Hill would be big too. So I think they have the talent. They particularly have the young talent at the position. But as you can see with Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, Juwan Johnson, all these other guys, they've got talent to get it done elsewhere too. Uh, The Saints also Went out and got them some more veteran depth as well. Marquez Callaway's back. They added him to the um, to the practice squad. So you got another guy that has played in the system before, that knows the system, that hasn't had any chemistry with Derek Carr yet, or hasn't worked with Derek Carr yet. But somebody else that could be an option should you need to, you know, dig down deep into your depth chart or anything like that. Wouldn't be surprised if he's elevated for the first couple of games or for the next couple of games or something like that. 
just to have another, you know, blocking wide receiver out there as well. But still at 6'2, 220 plus, you should be able to see that. Um, and then when you look at the making up for the loss of Marshawn Lattimore, um, I think the Saints are going to do exactly what they did earlier this season when they were without Paul Sanadibo, which is that in nickel sets, uh, they'll keep Alante Taylor in the slot and then have Isaac Yadam at the outside corner opposite Paul Sanadibo. He played spectacularly over the course of the early parts of the season when called upon. And that's the way that the Saints did it. And then in base sets where they had three linebackers and only four, you know, two corners, four total defensive backs, then they had Alante Taylor over on the outside. So you're mostly keeping Alante Taylor in the slot, but you're still moving him outside every now and then. But when he's in the slot and they're in nickel, they're in what would effectively be their nickel base set with five DBs, then I would see Isaac Yadam over on the outside. And if the Saints can do that and all that young talent steps up and performs and Paulson Debo continues to trend the way that he's trending. Alante Taylor continues to take te- take steps forward. The safeties, you know, continue to hold down the fort or, you know, in the deep passing game and things like that. Jordan Howden and Lonnie Johnson come in in dime sets. Like the Saints should be okay. Um, they'll have to be complimented by the other things that are going on around them. And in order to do that, on the offensive side, you need a running game. On the defensive side, you need a pass rush. And are those two things that we're going to see underwhelm or overperform where they were before the bye week. Let's talk bye week adjustments here as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Game Time, the easiest place for you to go and get tickets, especially if you're somebody like me, you like to wait till the last second to do something, make sure that you know exactly what your schedule is going to look like maintain freedom in case there's any breaking news and all that good stuff. You want to make sure that you have everything that you need in line and then buy those tickets. Game time is the place to get it done because they've got flash sales. They've got a bunch of deals all the way up to the day of the event. And when you buy the tickets, you can actually see the view from the seats that you're purchasing. That way there's no big surprises. No one will know that you didn't book them months in advance and all that stuff. You just get to help treat everybody to a great time, especially here during the holiday season. So take all the guesswork out of buying tickets today with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off of your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This episode is sponsored by Better help. Better help therapy online is uh, massively important for me, especially right now. I mean, this this time of the year with the holiday season and stuff like that, like it's pretty natural to feel maybe some sadness or some anxiety around it. It's something that I certainly deal with. It's something I have been actively dealing with. It's something I'm feeling as we speak right now. Uh, and my you know good relationship with folks over at Better Help has helped out uh, quite a bit. And hopefully, it could be helpful for you as well. Um, you take a questionnaire. They pair you up with a licensed therapist that is a good fit for you, free to change at any point if the therapist doesn't turn out to be a good fit. And then you do everything from the comfort of your own home, no traffic, no waiting rooms, no stigma at all, just in the comfort of your own home, all of that. Like it doesn't get any better than BetterHelp. I, I, I cannot speak highly enough for BetterHelp has done for me, and I hope that it can do the same for you. So find a bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. The New Orleans Saints needed this bye week, not just from the 
physical side with the injuries that we just highlighted, but also from like the game plan mental side of things. The Saints not playing complimentary football very well early on in the season. Dennis Allen spoke about that, but he also kind of hinted towards some of the adjustments that were made while keeping things very close to the vest. So the question is, will the Saints post bye week adjustments underwhelm or will they prove to be exactly what it is that the Saints need it? That's what we got here for you as we take a look at what those changes could be for the New Orleans Saints. Appreciate you as always making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget Locked On Sports today, uh, America's number one, first time ever national sports 24-7 YouTube stream. Be a part of history. Go and check them out today by heading over to and subscribing to the Locked On Sports Today YouTube page right now or right after right after the show, after the show, finish the show, then go over there and get that all done. All right, so let's take a look at what we're looking at here for the New Orleans Saints. The Saints need the post bye week adjustments to work desperately, desperately. They got seven games left in the season right now. They're five and five sitting atop the NFC South. Their first game will decide whether or not they hold on to that lead in the NFC South or whether they surrender that lead in the NFC South. The Saints lose this game and drop to five and six against the Atlanta Falcons, the Falcons will move up to five and six and hold for now the tiebreaker, which would be the head-to-head win over the New Orleans Saints until they meet just a couple of weeks later. So this is a big game for the New Orleans Saints. So let's talk about some of the adjustments that we need to see, how they'll impact the defense, the offense, and special teams, what you need to see from each of those units, and whether or not we'll see them. And and look, what I will say is that it's going to go this way. If we do see these adjustments, the New Orleans Saints will be a playoff team by the time that January, you know, really, really gets underway, right? Well, you know, uh, after after week 18. Uh, if the Saints don't make these adjustments, then they'll they'll continue their roller coaster of win, loss, loss, win, loss, loss kind of kind of behavior, which is what we have seen sort of the pattern of this New Orleans Saints team be for the past year and a half. And that's going to force a lot of uncomfortable conversations in the offseason and a lot of uncomfortable conversations right after uh, that that final week 18 game. So let's take a look at where some of the things are that can be adjusted. I want to start with the defense because I think this is maybe the biggest thing right now. Um, is is you know Dennis Allen kind of talked about this in his uh, Monday press conference where he talked about how early on in the season, it felt like the defense was playing really well, but the offense was finding its stride. Later on in the season, we've seen the offense kind of I don't want to give it too much credit because it doesn't feel like the offense really has found its stride, but the offense has performed better, put up better numbers, put up better yardage, put up more points, produce better in the red zone, produce better on third down until the Minnesota Vikings game. Um, but for a little while, like you saw the uptick, you saw the improvements coming. We broke down like Derek Carr's improvement, for instance, for first five, first five games versus the most recent four games before that Minnesota Vikings game. It, it was all there. And so now what you're looking at is, can the offense maintain where it is, but can the defense get back to where it was? So if you want to see the defense get back to where it was, there's there's two things that I think in particular they need to be able to figure out. The first of which is discipline. That goes for both eye discipline as well as pass rush discipline. And then the second piece as a whole is the pass rush itself. So when we talk about eye discipline, we're talking about not trying to see too much. Try to see too much on the field. It's one of the reasons why the Saints and Marcus Robertson, the Saints secondary coach, had the DBs working with the blinders on their uh, on on their helmets, kind of cutting off a little bit of their peripheral vision, so that they only focus on what was directly in front of them. Now they did that in individual drills, not on the field, because that would be dangerous on the field, of course. But in those individual drills, just keeping the eyes trained where they needed to be. And so, what we need to see is the Saints kind of get back to that, so that the eyes don't drift somewhere else, trying to see something that's not really their responsibility. 
in order for really all 11 players to operate well as a unit, they actually need to be doing their own individual jobs and understanding what their set of responsibilities are as designated by what the offense is doing. And so if you're missing what you're supposed to be watching because you're watching something else or your eyes are distracted by something else, this is where motion, eye candy, play action, all these other things kind of come into play, then you end up costing your team a perfect rep, right? Because once you're out of position, the entire defense is out of position. So that's where the eye discipline part comes from. Then there's the structural discipline within the pass rush, which is really just about like not over pursuing quarterbacks and giving them rushing lanes um, to, to run against. We're going to be talking about Desmond Ritter a ton tomorrow, breaking down what is it that the Saints can do to take advantage of his game? What is it that he does that the Saints might struggle with? And one of the things that they might struggle with is his mobility and his ability to be able to extend plays. And we've seen that a lot so far this season. So on top of that comes identifying the weakness in the pass rush that the Saints can figure out why the pass rush why they're at a point where they have 18 sacks and 18 turnovers. So they've got just as many turnovers this year as they have sacks through 10 games. If they can identify why that pass rush has been sort of a weakness for them then and, and address that and adjust that, then all of a sudden the complimentary football starts to show up because the pass rush starts to complement the coverage. The coverage complements the pass rush. If the run game kind of keeps going you know, against the Saints, that's fine. But if you're keeping points off the board by taking the passing game away and by getting after the quarterback and getting to the quarterback, then you're playing complimentary football for an offense that they feel like has continued to improve. Now, what I will say is we flip the page over to the offensive side. I think that simplifying the game plan by situation again might be worth the New Orleans Saints time and then improving the blocking in the run game. So just like the pass rush is kind of the missing ingredient for the New Orleans Saints defense. The rushing attack, the rush offense seems to be a little bit of the missing ingredient for the New Orleans Saints offense. Um, and so what I look at there is everything has worked so far as the Taysom Hill run game plan goes, but the Saints don't like to overuse Taysom Hill. And in some cases like Minnesota, they just completely rule them out of the game plan after they decide, okay, we're in obvious passing situations, which I still think was a little premature on, on their part. Uh, but finding a way to get Alvin Kamara going, finding a way to get Jamal Williams going, uh, once Kendra Miller's back, getting him more involved, figuring out ways to kind of take advantage of his explosivity that you've seen a couple of times, those flashes of, I think all of those things would go a long way for the Saints offense uh, as well. And then simplifying the game situation or the selection by game situation, again, was something that really, really worked for them earlier on in the season, uh, particularly against Indianapolis and moving forward. Now you just like to see them maybe continue, like don't, don't overdo it, right? Like call your menu and, and have those five entrees that you're really good at. 10, 15 entrees, whatever that you're really, really good at and that you know, okay, I could nail this dish every single time that I have to prep it. I can make this and everyone's going to love it. That's a five-star dish every time that I do it. If you've got those plays that are those five-star plays every time that you call them and that everybody's comfortable, everybody knows their responsibility. There's no question marks. There's no confusion. It's going to put you in a situation where you can take advantage of some of the talent that you have over the offensive side, especially right now in a situation where you might not have Michael Thomas for a couple of games who can be a little bit of a safety blanket. You're going to have to take some more of those calculated risks and it does. They don't all have to be 40 yards down the field. They could be 15 yards down the field, but getting a little bit more of that dynamic built back into your offense, I think would go a long way for them. Uh, and then on special teams, look, you had the whole bye week. I hope that everybody took their opportunity to kick the football. Like, like it's that simple for me. And, and that's not being demeaning. That's not like diminishing what it is. But like your biggest issues on special teams have not been your coverage. Your biggest issues on special teams have not been your return game. Your biggest issues on special teams have been field goal, your field goal operation. It's been your punt operation in terms of consistency. 
for the punt operation and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully they took the opportunity to continue to do that. Come out fresh slate, nice, calm, cool, uh, you know, situation. You got a dome that you're kicking in again against the uh, the Atlanta Falcons, and so hopefully that ends up putting the the Saints in a much better situation on their special team sides, where they're able to take advantage of flipping the field and then putting points on the board uh, when when they need to. All right, coming up next, let's take a look at the Atlanta Falcons, including one thing that I don't know a lot of people are ready to talk about just yet that could decide this game for the New Orleans Saints, or even for the Atlanta Falcons. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints for the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and our official sports betting partner here at the Locked on Podcast Network. If you take a look at FanDuel right now, they have the New Orleans Saints as road dogs going into this one against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons favored by one and a half points right now. You like to take the New Orleans Saints to win this one on the road, or maybe you're feeling that the Atlanta Falcons could win by more than that. Maybe you're not feeling so hot about the New Orleans Saints right now. You can head over to FanDuel today and put down a $5 money line bet and get nearly 30 to one odds right off the bat. Let me tell you how this works. If you're a new customer, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets after winning any $5 money line bet. You just choose the Saints, you choose the Falcons, put $5 down. If you win that, then $150 of bonus bets come your way if your team wins. And then you've been able to, you, you can use that for spreads, player props, over unders, parlays, and so, so, so much more. So go check them out today, fanduel.com slash locked on. To keep that NFL season rolling, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrap it up today's episode of Locked on Saints with the one thing that I think might be the biggest factor that can decide this game between the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. Appreciate all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Um, Ryan Nielsen's familiarity with the New Orleans Saints defense could be the Atlanta Falcons' biggest secret weapon, or it could be the thing that leads to their demise because the New Orleans Saints will be so accustomed to what it is that Ryan Nielsen is going to want to do with that Atlanta Falcons defense because he effectively is running a junior version of Dennis Allen's defense here in New Orleans, or not a junior version, but you know, a, a, a version of that, a, a tailored off version of that uh, in Atlanta. So. Will it be Ryan Nielsen's familiarity with what it is that the Saints like to do on offense? Yes, there's a new quarterback in town. However, same play caller when Ryan Nielsen was here last year, effectively the same offensive system from when Ryan Nielsen was here as the co-defensive coordinator last year. And don't forget that, of course, even before being co-defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen was here in New Orleans starting in 2017 as a defensive line coach. So he has practiced against this New Orleans Saints offense. He knows what this New Orleans Saints offense wants to do. Will that be the thing that ends up being the deciding factor for the Atlanta Falcons? Or will Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael's familiarity with what system Ryan Nielsen's trying to run in Atlanta because of their familiarity with their own system be the thing that tips the hat in favor of the New Orleans Saints? So this could get really, really interesting really quickly. This is going to be the chess match between Pete Carmichael and Ryan Nielsen, who is going to come out ahead. This is going to be really, really interesting to watch. Because you're going to see either a Ryan and Nielsen be able to anticipate what it is that the New Orleans Saints want to do, or the New Orleans Saints and Pete Carmichael being able to anticipate what Ryan Nielsen thinks they're going to do and then counterpunching on that. I think that could be that matchup, 
Pete Carmichael versus Ryan Nielsen might be the most important matchup of this game when it comes to deciding who's going to win or lose. So just something to keep an eye out on there. Um, a little bit of an update, which we kind of already knew this, but Desmond Ritter, the uh, Atlanta Falcons young quarterback, will be the starting quarterback in this game, not Taylor Heineke. Uh, Desmond Ritter started this season as the, the Falcons starter. They ended up going to Ryan Tannehill after some injuries and, and things like that. It kind of impacted them, but also they kind of kind of benched Desmond Ritter a little bit. And, and so with that, Taylor Heineke got the start. Taylor Heineke dealt with some stuff. He wasn't playing too incredibly well. He also had some injury stuff. And then all of a sudden you have Desmond Ritter now back. And so Desmond Ritter is officially the starting quarterback in this game against the New Orleans Saints. We will break down Desmond Ritter's game in tomorrow's episode. So don't miss that. We'll go over what it is that the Saints can do against Desmond Ritter and what it is that Desmond Ritter will be able to do against the Saints defense and how the Saints should be able to prepare for that. But the big thing to know here is that the Saints get another young quarterback on their schedule. Uh, Taylor Heineke, also pretty young, honestly, but maybe has you know a few more games of experience than Desmond Ritter and all that. And so you know it could go one way or the other when it comes to facing either one of these quarterbacks. But Desmond Ritter, somebody is prone to mistakes, but also prone to the big play here and there too. So that does shake things up a little bit for the New Orleans Saints. But it is interesting to me. This is now the second time that an opposing team has had the opportunity to say this quarterback will start or this quarterback will start. And instead of playing it all the way down to the wire and the gamesmanship, they come out the very beginning of the week and say, this quarterback will be our starting quarterback. And it's always so interesting to me. Technically, the Chicago Bears could have run it all the way down to the wire with Justin Fields and, you know, knowing that Tyson Bajant was going to be the starter, but they could have played it up as hey, maybe there's a chance here that, you know, J Justin Fields could become the starter. They didn't do that. They announced just like the Atlanta Falcons just did where they could have gone all the way down the wire with who's going to be the starting quarterback for Atlanta. And instead they, they just set it outright early on. So the saints do have some time to, uh, to prepare for that. The other thing that I want to mention here is that like, while New Orleans Saints fans are very disappointed in the New Orleans Saints performance so far this season. That's not very different than where Atlanta Falcons fans are right now for the uh, for for their team. And and a big part of the conversation right now around the Atlanta Falcons is Arthur Smith, the uh, the head coach for the uh, Atlanta Falcons, and that some folks are believing that maybe that seat's warming up a little bit. There's some folks here in Louisiana that believe that the you know some some folks within the Saints fan fan base that believe that, you know, Des, uh, Dennis Allen's seat is getting a little hot here. So you might have two coaches that are kind of fighting to say, hey, no, I belong here in this thing. And, and, and what better way to see that than in a divisional matchup, right? And this will go not necessarily a super long way for either one of these coaches, but I do think there's a little bit of self-motivation to be had out of this. Like they think that guy's in trouble, that they, they think I'm in trouble. Let me go out there and show them, no, I'm not that guy, right? And so there's an opportunity to go head to head here and say, well, he's the one that y'all should be concerned about. I'm over here chilling with this W real quick. So I do think that there will be something really interesting that comes with all that. Um, Arthur Smith is or, or, or has been, you know, he's one of those guys that maybe is proving to be, you know, a better offensive coordinator than a head coach. A lot of people believe that Dennis Allen has already proven that he's a better defensive coordinator than a head coach. Uh, both of these guys want to prove that they're good head coaches and that they're better head coaches than they are coordinators and that they're better head coaches than anything else. And here's an opportunity for them to go head to head and, 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 and just absolutely show it um, while also knocking the other guy down for a rival team. And, you know, we've seen like for years and years and years, like Sean Payton and, and, and you know, whoever was coaching the Atlanta Falcons any given year 
kind of lean into this rivalry a little bit. Will we see Dennis Allen do that? Will we see, you know, Arthur Smith do that? I, I think that's something that could benefit both of these guys to show a little bit of that flavor. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I mean, you remember the beginning of the season last year, the Saints go to Atlanta. They have this big old massive comeback victory. Dennis Allen comes to the podium and says, well, I hope they're not all like that. And it gave a nice little moment of levity. Mario Davis was out there with a rise up flag after the the game, like after the Saints had beaten the Atlanta Falcons, kind of like waving the flag, um, you know, uh, in a sarcastic, facetious manner, all that. So do we see maybe a little bit of this rivalry come to life? knowing kind of where both of these teams are right now and how closely contested uh, this division is for better or for worse. So it could be really, really interesting to see. Uh, we'll see how it all breaks out over the course of the weekend. But coming up in tomorrow's episode, we're going to go back to Desmond Ritter. We're going to take a look at what it is the Saints can do to take advantage of Desmond Ritter's game, where Desmond Ritter can cause some problems for the New Orleans Saints. And we'll also look at the big key for the Atlanta Falcons, where if you can limit one thing on their offensive side, it should help you mitigate everything that they can do, or in that case, can't do on offense. We'll have that coming up for you in tomorrow's episode here on Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And a big thank you to all you everydayers out there. I appreciate you very much for making us a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow us on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit him, I mean, Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.